Welcome to the Oil and Gas Global Network's Legal and Risk Management Podcast with Sarah Stogner, where each weekly episode touches on legal and risk management issues impacting the energy sector. Visit our website at www.oilandgaslegalrisk.com for more information on today's episode, past episodes, and upcoming OGGN events. Today's episode is sponsored by ThoughtTrace, developers of Alley, an artificial intelligence platform that reads and understands energy agreements and contracts to quickly find critical data. Hey guys, this is Sarah Stogner with the Oil & Gas Global Network's Legal & Risk Management Podcast. I am here with John Beatty, the General Manager of Excise Line of Business at Avalara. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for for meeting with me. You bet. And thanks to Midland Country Club for letting us crash. We had a delicious lunch, and now we're going to record an episode. So, as always, today's podcast is sponsored by ThoughtTrace, developers of Alley, an artificial intelligence platform that reads and understands energy agreements and contracts to quickly find critical data. And guys, if you could help me out, please go subscribe to the podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave us a review and don't forget to enter our weekly drawing to win an awesome portable power bank. You go to thoughttrace.com slash podcast drawing and mine keeps sprouting legs and walking off. The kids take it, the husband takes it. So I'm going to have to go in and sign up, I guess, for my own drawing at this rate. So thanks for being with us, John. You bet. And you know, for those of us that are not dealing with taxes all the time, I think kind of the first time people hear the word taxes, they automatically think April 15th, the IRS, TurboTax, Cost right? of doing business. Yeah, we're about as popular as a redheaded stepchild. Right, right. There. <laughs> <laughs> so, and in my world, from the perspective of the legal issues and the risk management issues, tax can always be be a problem because not only are you worried about making sure that the government is okay with you, but you need to make sure that you're not in breach of your private contractual relationships, right? No, absolutely. I mean, especially in today's environment and uh, the environment we've had in the last 10 years, you know, 20 years ago, tax was kind of considered as cost of doing business, quite literally. And now we look at in every aspect of our business, we're trying to optimize performance. Whereas an organization might turn around and say, well, it's acceptable to have $5 million a year in penalty and interest. Now the question is, why can't we prevent that $5 million a year? Or 50 or more. Right, right, right. whatever it is. Okay, so for those that are not familiar with tax, yeah, can you just give us big picture, you know, people say, oh, well, there's ad valorem and there's excise tax and value added tax. So can you just walk us through big picture? What kind of taxes are there? Yeah. So, so I would break it down into two basic categories. I would say there's direct tax and then there's indirect tax. So direct tax tends to be more like your corporate taxes. We typically refer to them like property tax or income tax, things like that. And then there's the other category, indirect tax. Indirect tax is sometimes referred to as transactional tax. So this is like if you pay sales tax when you buy a candy bar at the grocery store, that's a transactional tax. In our space, in the energy market, we tend to focus on two types of indirect tax, sales and use and excise. 
excise is the more complex tax out of those. They tend to be a lot, they have much more stringent requirements, whereas sales and use might simply be what's the product, where are you, what's the rate, good to go. Excise, there are many other factors that can determine the outcome. It could be the origin of the product, what's the destination, what's the mode of transport, where did title transfer take place, and what's the volume. And, you know, if we're dealing with crude or refined products, the volume could change between point A and point B. Right. Right. Well, the other really difficult and complex part about this is that in excise, some of the rules are incredibly ominous. Uh, They get very, very, very complex. And so it takes a great deal of understanding and you have to track them. And they may change, right? The rules can change. Rates can change. We have a a saying that for every rule, there's an exception. And for every exception, there's another exception. (laughs) Kind of like an insurance policy. Absolutely. In (laughs) fact, we actually, we did some metrics around, we're just looking at North America over a two-year period. We actually saw a rate of change of over 107% over a two-year period. That means rules and rates changing. Wow. Rates changing are easy, but when the rules change, you have to you have to make sure you have a clear understanding of what the tax authority is asking for. Right. So it gets really tricky. Right. So that's kind of a big picture on taxes. Can you give us, where did you come from? I mean, did you, you have a tax background? What's, how did you end up here? Yeah. So, well, I'm originally from Waxahachie. Okay. Uh, no, so big cowboy fan. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I actually, I started out my professional career with Anderson Consulting, and I focused on the SAP industry. I've been in the oil and gas industry for about 23 years, 24. Anyway, I focused on implementing SAP. And for those who don't know, what is SAP? So SAP is a large enterprise-wide solution for, you know, typically for your back office. But it addresses, you know, in the old days, you might have one system for accounting, another one for billing, another one for sales. Well, SAP is an ERP solution, so it is basically a one-catch-all. You can do all of your billing, all of your sales, all of your inventory management, everything in one massive solution. So I I spent the first 10 years of my career implementing SAP across the world in the oil and gas space. I I gained a great deal of experience uh, with Anderson Consulting and then subsequently, which became Accenture. But one of the areas towards the end of my time there uh, was focused on building custom tax solutions in SAP for these large oil and gas companies because no one had a solution. There was no commercial solution that had been proven successfully in this space that could not only do sales and use, but also excise. We had a lot of solutions that could do sales and use and still do, but they couldn't do excise. At least they haven't been commercially successful yet. Interesting. So now what are you up to presently? So I'm now, as the general manager of excise, we're actually driving out our solutions across the oil and gas space, really focused on You know, again, the the constant rate of change, we have to be diligent to make sure that, you know, we not only provide a software solution, we actually provide the content changes. So when those rules and rates change, we're monitoring them already. And we push those changes to our software platform proactively. We're looking at other ways, other challenges in the industry. We're trying to be diligent about to ensure that our software can address their needs in the future. Things like, uh, as we see more oil and gas companies looking at mobile refuelers, for an example, right? Okay. 
you know, when you think about it, you, we've had some of the super majors investing in these, uh, I would say it's Amazon for fuel, where right. you can have them come and refuel your car here in the parking lot. Right. Or they've got generators out on site or frack pumps or whatever it is that are diesel generated or, or natural gas generated and having somebody come out and right. refuel them. Well, yeah. And so the question becomes, you know, traditionally it's, okay, well, I'm going to sell on gas here at the corner of Fifth and Main. Okay, I know what the rate is. I know what jurisdiction it is. It's easy to calculate if you understand all the complexities in that one spot. But what if it's a mobile refueler that's going to go out to a, you know, job site? Right, a well pad here, a well different pad, county there. Or your parking lot on the other side of town. It might be in a different county. It might be in a different uh, special jurisdiction, which requires other taxes. Uh, it may have a unique uh, load fee or spill fee based upon that fueling. So it's really trying to get exact pinpoint accuracy for geospatial location, understanding all the complexities of that one physical site, and calculating the taxes correctly. It's all about consistent, accurate reliability. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think as technology evolves and we become more more of an Uberized exactly. right, type of, of society that those are issues that businesses may not be thinking about until they get in trouble, until they get audited or something, right? And then they get slapped. Right. So we were talking on, I think we were talking earlier at lunch probably about how over the past 20 years, companies have been good on kind of focusing on transactional efficiency, right? right. And you mentioned an 80-20 rule, which it's so funny that in life, 80-20 Right. We've all it's heard. It's a rule of thumb. It is, right? Yes. We've all heard that we spend 80% of our time getting 20% of our results, and we should really focus on what we do best and delegating to others, right? But in, in your case, you're talking about the difference between sales and use tax and excise tax and kind of the number of transactions versus the value of those transactions. So right. can you tell us a little bit about that? No, absolutely. So when you look at a typical oil and gas company, a large volume of their transactions will tend to be sales and use. So it's a lot of heavy lifting, but not really challenging. It's not hard. They're not complex rules, and they're not very difficult to extrapolate. And so early software products focused on that. It was transactional efficiency to drive a cost uh, benefit. Right. right. But the issue was Excise did not have a lot of transactions. But those few transactions typically represent the lion's share of the total tax liability for a company. So think of it this way. Let's say you're buying that little candy bar and you, you, know, you get it slightly wrong. Well, okay, it's you know, maybe two points on a candy bar purchase. It's not that bad. But if you get the rate wrong on, let's say, an entire tanker of fuel right, from one state to another, it's going to be big. It's going to be a much higher dollar volume, and you have a much higher risk on your penalties and interests that you typically will find. Yes, uh, state agencies will come in and audit for sales and use, but an audit around excise tends to be much more laborious, and the impacts tend to be much heavier. Right. So in, your, in, in the energy sector, what types of companies are having to worry about excise taxes? I mean, is it, is it everybody across the board? You know, who are the, who's really worried about this? Well, we tend to focus, the biggest challenges and the biggest 
complexity is really around the midstream market and the downstream market. So it could be anyone from, it could be a pipeline operator. It could, and, and also large retail companies as well. So a lot of a lot of our customers represent the large retail companies in North America. Okay. When you know when you think about anywhere where you buy your fuel, so everywhere around downstream, it tends to really you could almost tie it back to if you take title of product at some point, you're going to have some level of tax complexity. It could be commodity traders. You know we don't just focus on oil and gas; uh, we focus on energy products. So it could be, you know, we go back. Right, the wind farms, right? If you've been Absolutely. driving around West Texas at all, you'll notice all these wind farms. Right. So how are we going to treat taxes as it relates to that? One of the big things we're thinking about is what, what happens when we start putting charging stations in convenience stores, right? Right, Whole Foods and the little plug in your... Plug in your car. Yeah. Right? Who's going to pay for the taxes? Right. So, and how are we going to capture them? How, right. are we going to, how are we going to accurately detect them, identify them, and calculate and remit. Yeah, so I think uh, commodity trading was an incredible place. I mean, we look back 12 years ago, and what happened was you had a lot of major investment banks that typically their transactions were high volume, large bulk, and paper. They were you know, financial derivatives. But then they realized if they actually took title of large crude purchases, for example, and then they broke, if they broke bulk, and they went down to the rack, below the rack, they got a lot, much, much greater margin. So all the major banks started doing that. But what happened was they entered the realm of excise taxation, and they were not prepared for that. So we had a lot of early success really focusing on that space because it was large growth. Now we see a lot of people on the downstream side going, you know, with vertical integration into the supply chain going up above the rack. So anything at, below, or above the rack, anything around the rack, title transfer. And, you know, it could just be we're sourcing product today in Canada. You know, it could be, you know what, I've had clients before where we said, will you ever source product in Canada? And they said, no, we're never going to do that. Procurement said we're never going to do that. Two months later, the tax manager is trying to figure out why they thought Alberta was actually in Montana. And it's, you know, of course, and it's not the procurement manager's fault because his job is to source product at the best possible price. Right. right? But then the tax manager has to point out that, well, we were not registered to source product. And so our rate of taxes, you think that you save 4%. Right. It cost us 10% now because we weren't registered. And had he known, had that been integrated into his transactional system, that would have popped up when he tried to source that trade. Right. 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 That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So what can, you know, maybe if the average listener that's not a tax expert or involved, but they're somehow responsible for product, moving product or, or determining pricing or, or what, what, what kind of resources are there available to them? What do they go and talk to their bosses about as far as I want to learn more or how does that how do you recommend right. people that want to get educated on these issues learn more? Absolutely. So when we talk about in the oil and gas space, there tends to be two major sides to our problem. There's, just to be clear, there's the tax determination piece, which is the transactional, determine what taxes apply on a transaction, calculate it, and update the transaction correctly. There's a whole other version on this on the back end, which is correctly 
completing the compliance and the filing correctly of your excisable products, right? Two sides of that major issue. Great sources for anyone are some of our industry, you know, what's available in the industry is the Federation of Tax Administrators okay. uh, has a great program where you can learn a lot. API, the, the American Petroleum Institute, has an entire oil and gas tax vertical where they focus on education. And these are both great sources for, you know, networking and staying current with the industry, hot topics, but also just learning. And aside from that, you know, sometimes it's partnering really with your vendor. Your vendor sometimes, it, you know, if you're using a vendor, they can work with you to say, look, it, that happens for us all the time. We'll have an organization, they, they'll have turnover. Because the hard part about our, our particular area in the industry, we have a lot of people with very historical legacy knowledge. And unfortunately, a lot of these folks have been doing it for 25, 30 years. They're ready to move on. They want to go to Florida and uh, <laughs> sit by the pool yeah, and don't we all, watch right? their grandbabies. <laughs> So we are constantly trying to get younger people in the industry. But I will typically have a customer come in and say, we've got three new people and we're trying to teach them excise. And so we, once a year, we do our annual user conference. We do a lot of training for our own customers. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, those are some great resources. And so that leads me to if people want to learn more about your product or you individually, how do they get in touch with you guys? So you can easily reach us at uh, www.avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. And uh, they can contact me directly through the website, and we'll we'll get them the help they need. And so aside from taxes, do do you guys look at anything with tariffs or other Landed cost and absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. We, yeah, we had this decision over a decade ago. We looked at it and we said, well, we're going to focus on excise in our vertical. But we had other items which are tied to environmentals, like load fees, spill fees. There was no solution for that. So although it may not be a tax, it's a need which tends to be levied on the actual tax administrator or the tax manager. So we include that. You know, big part of it was pipeline tariffs. Nobody right. had an automated solution for that. And then we engineered a way to use our solution for that. One of our key focuses right now, I've been looking at over the last year and a half, are environmental compliance with some of the greenhouse gas requirements like California CARB. We've been really focused on that because we have customers that are, can leverage our product to automate their environmental compliance requirements. Right now, the biggest challenge is California CARB. Washington State was trying to pass a Clean Air Act, and this November, the voters overturned it. So we're, we're staying diligent. We're looking at that, and we're also focused internationally. We're, I'm more worried about, since our withdrawal from the Paris Climate Accord, will that mean we get levied some type of environmental greenhouse gas tax that we need to be prepared for? Right. So, we, you know, we keep an eye on it. Right. Interesting. Yeah, and I pulled some of the wording from some master service agreements that I've had to look at. And, you know, one of the things that I always advise people when they're contracting is you want a contract that 
gives you the big picture rules that everybody follows and to not be too specific because if it's too specific, like you said, oh yeah, we're never going to do X. And then two months later you're doing X and the language doesn't apply. But, you know, I think a, a good contract or a good sales agreement or a good rental agreement or any type of private contract between entities needs to delegate responsibility for costs associated with the goods or products or services that are going to be provided, right? Right. And so I think it's something that those that are listening that maybe touch on the contract issues more than the tax issues is to even understand what types of taxes are relevant Mm -hmm. or could be at issue in the particular agreement that they're looking at so that they even know what needs to be included or excluded from that agreement. Right. So it's a matter of educating people in the tax department as far as, hey, guys, you need to let your contracting people know, your procurement people know, this is what we care about and this is what it is, is at issue so that they can first allocate the risk and responsibility within the contracts and then put it to the accounting people to say, okay, this is what we need to keep track of and this is what we're responsible for. And then you have a software solution that helps to automate and make sure that the risks and responsibilities that you think you're taking are actually properly captured and then passed on and paid as appropriate, right? Yeah, you're, yeah, it's actually, it's an exceptional point. Another saying, you know, let's face it, we're in excise. We have to come up with a lot of clever sayings to keep it (laughs) fun and and clever. But one of them is, uh, you know, the tail doesn't wag the dog. And, you know, if we're going to make a major, you know, transactional decision, we're not doing it based upon taxes, generally. Right. Right. So typically we'll see this a lot, especially in a master services agreement afterwards. Tax is the last thought. Right. Uh, Or a merger, you know, when you've got mergers and acquisitions or any other type of large corporate dealings. Absolutely. It becomes relevant. Yeah. You'll, you'll have situations where you're acquiring major assets and you find out that, uh, oh, they, they had a custom solution or they were doing it in spreadsheets. Okay. Now we have to track it. Or, you know, let's say we're doing an acquisition and we think, oh, well, we still have to get the transactional historical data because what happens when we get audited, right? We've got to go back and try and get that data. We've got to get the historical data related to that. Right. It's and just going to make it easier. Even as part of your due diligence. In, Absolutely. In making sure that whatever assets you think you're buying from a company, right. you're also buying their liabilities. So. It's Yeah, it's no different than environmental liability. You right. have taxation liability. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yep. It's really interesting. Well, thanks so much for joining me. You bet. And you said you were headed to... Green Bay. Green Bay. That's right. So it's nice and toasty up there, I'm sure. It is. It is. <laughs> I, uh, they, they might have a snowmobile suit on uh, on standby for me in there, case I need it. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Well, thanks so much. And, and again, if you guys want to find him, and you're on LinkedIn, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. And did you give us your email? Yeah. It's uh, John, J-O-H-N, dot Beatty, B-E-A-T-Y, at avalara.com. Great. A-V-A-L-A-R-A. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay, we'll talk soon. You bet. If you guys could do me a favor and like, leave a review for this podcast, that's the best way for us to get exposure and let other people discover how much fun we can have reviewing insurance and risk management issues. 